Hi, I'm Simon Theakston, and welcome to the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year. The way the global obsession with the crime genre continues to grow year on year is simply astonishing, and this year's long list proves the remarkable talent on offer in crime writing from legends of the craft to eager-eyed newcomers. The short list is already too close to call, so we encourage everyone to get voting. A hearty toast of Old Peculiar to all our long-listed authors for this coveted award and we look forward to what we know will be a fiercely fought competition. In the meantime, I'm going to have a glass of Old Peculiar, because they say an Old Peculiar and a crime novel go very well together. I'll tell you why if you come to the festival in July. Good health. Hello, I'm Joe Haddo, and this is our series of interviews with the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award long listees. And I've said that many times without having a pint of Theakston's. I wonder if I'd be able to finish it if I did have a pint or two of Theakston's. Produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with title sponsor, yes, you guessed it, Theakston's Old Peculiar. And today I'm joined by best-selling crime author and someone who's had a Theakston's in their time, Mick Heron, welcome to you. Hi there, Joe. How are you? Lovely to see you. I'm well, thank you. I am well. And it's uh, it's great to see you virtually, even though very recently we spent a, a lovely time uh, in a pub just talking about books and music and sharing very sober, a Very sober discussion we had, yeah. Very sober, very intelligent, uh, very life-changing, I think, for many people. Um, and that's exactly what's going to happen over the next five to ten minutes as we discuss uh, your book and also say... Congratulations, of course, on being longlisted. Thank you, Joe. Um, so this is for Slough House, uh, mm-hmm. and Jackson Lamb and his crew are feeling a little bit paranoid. Perhaps you could tell us why, and also just set up this story for us for anyone who hasn't got to this book yet. Well, in this particular book, um, they've just discovered, these the crew at Slough House, that um, they've been wiped from the service records. They no longer exist in any official capacity at all. So naturally enough, they assume that bad things are going on and that they are at the uh, at the epicentre of this, which is usually the case in in, uh, in this series of novels, I have to say. But most, uh, most of the book is driven by um, a decision made by um, Lady Di Taverner, whose first desk at Regent's Park, which is the proper part of the Secret Service, uh, to take vengeance for a, a, a murder committed on British soil by Russian agents using the nerve agent Novichok. Uh, and these two different elements of the plot become entwined, of course, because I'm writing spy thrillers. Uh, and it all ends up with a lot of running around and, um, and a, a dogging scene as well. So, Yeah, just a little, just to throw that in there. Yeah. Because every good spy thriller needs... Uh, As from now, yes. I've I've set the bar a little higher, I think. (laughs) When you're um, concocting the next uh, story or plot or situation that you might drop these lovely people into, um, are you consciously thinking about it? Or are you sort of just walking around and suddenly you go, ah, that would be good for the next one? Uh, That's an interesting question. Uh, Probably a bit of both, because... I do think that most of the decisions, creative decisions that get made, certainly when plotting, uh, happen at the back of the head. So right. you know, I'm not I'm not sort of consciously mulling things over, but um, I'm aware that that kind of thing is going on. So, you know, like most writers, I have a kind of magpie attitude towards uh, the world in general. And I will steal things when they appear to me to be useful. 
So, yes, I mean, I will, you know, without setting out to do so, I'll be picking up shiny bits here and there and, and storing them for future use. Absolutely. And also uh, shiny bits of sort of contemporary news as well and, you know, references to British politics and various other things. And I know that when I've um, spoken to many crime authors who write contemporary crime fiction, they say it's quite important for them to sort of have contemporary references and to be referencing what's actually going on in our country and world. Is that the case for you as well? Do you want to be able to reflect exactly? up-to-date sort of current affairs sort of although i wouldn't want to um nail myself down too much because mm-hmm. obviously when i'm writing something it's going to be at least a year before anybody gets to read it even once i've finished so you know there's a the balance is between staying contemporary and um and dating very quickly but because i'm mostly writing as far as the contemporary stuff goes uh referencing contemporary politics and my focus tends to be on stupid embarrassing and criminal things that people in government do there's always going to be another stupid embarrassing (laughs) criminal thing coming along by the time the book is published i mean the papers are full today of uh, some i think it's been named now but i'm not sure what the name is tory mp who was caught watching pornography in the house of commons yesterday Uh, i I couldn't believe that yeah i mean that's the sort of thing i might make up to show how crazy the world was getting but i don't have to make it up it's already happened (laughs) I was thinking this yesterday when I when I heard it on the news and whoever it is, I still don't actually know because they weren't named on the news. Um, and I was just thinking, if you did put that in a novel, 50% of readers would just be like, oh, come on. And yeah. now it's sort of playing out on the news <laughs> in our lives. I mean, my goodness. Mm. Um, <laughs> so Sometimes yes, I've actually I been dead for a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I get that, that it's, it's you're right. Uh, bumbling old embarrassing political characters will probably never go away. Therefore, <laughs> those, those parts of the book will never age. Um, we must talk about a TV adaptation as well, Slow Horse, mm. which stars Gary Oldman. Uh, it's Brill. And you, you must be thrilled. Oh yeah, yes. I mean, largely because the um, of the the characters, they all seem to have uh, come to life so so beautifully. I mean, the actors and the writers have gone out of their way to uh, retain the tone and the feel of of the book, which is unusual, I think. And um, you know, I, I couldn't necessarily you know expect that to have happened, right. but they've done it wonderfully. I mean the. They went so far as to use the actual outside of um, the, the frontage of the building that I based Slough House on. I mean, that's the real building. That's that pretty good, yeah. And the, uh, the set that they built for the inside of it is just amazing. I mean, it is so grim and, uh, and grotty. I mean, it's it's everything I, I would... My dream home, really. My dream house. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yes, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with it. And with the cast, the quality of, you know... Uh, Gary Oldman and Saskia Reeves and Kristen Swanson mm. and Jack Loud. And I mean, it's all just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And have you I've been, been so, very, very lucky. And you haven't been down there, though, every day on set, sort of like poking around, saying, oh, no, not that, not that, you know, sticking your oar and you've let them get on with it. Uh, I've visited the set a few times, but uh, never with a with a critical eye. I've been sort of wandering around wide eyed like a, like a child in a sweet shop, you know. It's, um, Don't we see you in it? Uh, you do, if you're very, very sharp-eyed. You see me walking out of a Chinese restaurant um, about half an hour into the first episode. Yeah, love that. A lot love of that seems left on the cutting room floor. A lot of the the, uh, the nuance of my um, performance was sadly cut for for time. And all so the lines. All, yeah, yeah. I did all my own stunts in that scene. <laughs> that was an actual takeaway. I was I was carrying. 
um, well, I think it's brilliant, and uh, yes, you must be very pleased. Uh, and it's 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 a fabulous cast, and I'm so glad that they've sort of kept it uh, to the books as well, or as close to the books um, as they can. Um, now, you've been longlisted and indeed shortlisted for this award before. How did it feel uh, to hear that you'd been added to this longlist again in 2022? Oh, it's always fantastic to know that you've been longlisted for the Sixons. Old peculiar crime novel of the year. It's um, it's one of the the big prizes, and it's always such wonderful company that you're in when that happens, because there are some very very good books on that on that list, which is the same every year. So yeah, mm. absolutely thrilled. And what are you most looking forward to uh, when we go back to Harrogate this year? Being in the company of writers again. I mean, it's starting to happen again a bit, but. Um, We've been, and then of course it, it ran last year, which was a great triumph, yeah. but it still yeah. feels kind of new to be out in the world again after those two very bad years we all had. So simply to be to be with friends and see people that uh, haven't seen for a while. Well, last year, as you say, it did happen, but I was speaking with Chris Brookmeyer about that and was saying that, you know, I, I was there and I was a bit giddy because it was one of the first times that I, and I think lots of people there had actually gone and done a big social event as in something that was more than just, you know, close friends, family, or, you know, anything. Um, so everyone was a bit giddy, but also no, you know, it went from, from, from sort of um, elbows to full hugs. And then people yes. at full hugs thought, well, were we meant to do that? And Standards then you know, dropped over the course of the yeah. <laughs> as, as it went on. Whereas I think this year, and one hopes that, you know, it's, it is going to be even more sort of normal and every, everything will return to being the old Harrogate that we know and love. So, yeah, I think there's going to be even more glee uh, and hugging, probably. Let's hope so, yes. I mean, that's the reason you go there, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and remember, all of our long-listed books are available to buy from Waterstones. And if you've already read Mick's book and you know you want it to be the winner, why not head over to harrogatethekstoncrimeaward.com where you can cast your vote. But you must do it before the 26th of May. Um, I would say I'm really looking forward to seeing you and catching up over a pint, but we did it recently. So to be honest, I'll probably sideline you and, and go and speak to people I haven't seen in a that while. That's going to be my approach as well, Joe. So that's, that's fine. Okay. We can just nod at each other in passing. Yeah, I mean, it will be part light obviously no, of course, but of um course. you know there's there's other people now there are lots, yeah, lots yeah, of people yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, always a pleasure to speak to you thank you so Good much you, Joe.